Welcome back to another episode of the Love in a Cottage podcast. I'm your host, Paige Geidel, and I am so stoked that you found us. We are a community of creative Christian women in their 20s, and you are invited to be a part of it. Each week, I invite a guest on the show to chat about all things marriage, motherhood, homemaking, small business, and following Jesus. My friend, there is a seat here for you at the table, and I so hope that you choose to be a part of this community. Without further ado, let's dive into today's show. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I sound really enthusiastic and awake, but it is actually 11 p.m. I'm sitting on the floor in our laundry room and preparing to be nursing our five-week-old daughter again soon and had some stuff to wrap up, so I thought, hey, why not record today's podcast intro before I nurse her and go to sleep? So this week's episode is with Morgan Turch, and Morgan is the owner of Wilderway Threads, which is a vintage textile shop that supports families pursuing adoption with every purchase. You guys, it is the coolest shop ever. I just swoon over their rugs every time I see them on Instagram, and I love that they have a purpose with every rug that they sell, which is supporting these families who are pursuing adoption. So in today's conversation, Morgan shares about the Lord's faithfulness in what started as a personal adoption fundraiser and what has actually turned into the full-time business and ministry known as Wilder Way. She also shares about their family's own journey with adopting their sweet daughter Eden from India this past year. I know you guys are going to be so encouraged and I cannot wait for you to listen. Let's dive on in. Well, hi, Morgan. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm so excited to chat with you tonight. Yes, I'm so excited. Looking forward to connecting with you. Yes. So I think we got connected. I mean, I've been following you on Instagram for a couple of months now. I want to say Mary-Kate Robertson shared um, your business and I love following along with her. And so I think that's how I found you, which is so fun. That is so fun. Oh my goodness. I just love Mary Kate. And if you would have told me, you know, a year and a half ago when we kind of were just dreaming about Wilderway Threads that we would have been connected with the Robertson family, I would have probably not believed you. But they're <laughs> so amazing. They're just a great family. So I love that you kind of found us through her. Mm-hmm. I love them too. So could you just give us a brief overview of who you are, what you do, and where you live? Sure. Yes. So my name is Morgan, and I am a mom to my daughter, Eden. Um, I'm a wife to my husband, Jeffrey. We have been married for four and a half years, and we just brought our daughter, Eden, home from India at the end of February 2021. So it's been about six, seven months now that we've had her with us. So that's been a huge transition and a huge blessing just for our family. Um, Along with that, I have previously served as an adoption social worker. So I uh, worked in an adoption agency called Lifeline Children's Services uh, for several years, about seven years I was working there and was just working with adoptive families, going through the adoption process and actually met Jeffrey at that adoption agency, which was really cool that adoption is kind of what united us at the beginning And along with that, I run a vintage textile shop called Wilderway Threads, which started out as a fundraiser for our India adoption process. But then 
when we traveled to India and just saw what a huge financial blessing the shop had been to our adoption process, we really just dreamed of continuing to use it as a platform to support other adoptive families as well. So those are kind of the different things that I have juggling. And we live in Homewood, Alabama, which is within Birmingham. So Okay. Amazing. Wow. I cannot wait to chat all about your personal adoption journey as well as Wilder Way. But yeah, let's get into into the business side first, Um, really the ministry that you guys are running. So I know that Wilder Way started as an adoption fundraiser, and I just would love if you would kind of share the origin story of how this idea even came about. It's so unique. Yes. So when we started the adoption process, you know, the financials of adoption can be a little bit intimidating because on paper, you see that you have to raise about thirty dollars to $40,000 um, with all the costs that come with it. And so obviously we're looking at that number thinking, you know, we don't just have that sitting in our bank account. And so we just started kind of brainstorming different fundraising ideas for our own adoption process. And, you know, there's several different things that some, you know, that are go-to fundraisers for adoptive families, like selling t-shirts or different things like that. But we just kind of had been thinking about it, wanting to do something a little bit different. And one day, kind of out of the blue, I had actually been looking at some vintage textiles for for us, for our home. And anyways, I had been kind of looking into that. And I think the idea just sparked, like, what if I was able to connect with people in Turkey who could allow us to buy their textiles in bulk to sell as a fundraiser for our adoption? And so I had actually connected with a supplier in Turkey way back when, when we had previously bought some vintage pillow covers that were made out of vintage Turkish rugs. And so I ended up just reaching back out to that specific supplier and told him my dream and my idea of using this as a fundraiser for our adoption. I asked if he would be interested and he actually responded back and was extremely passionate about it and just said, I would love to work with you. And it was very near to his heart because he actually was adopted um, when, or he, sorry, he wasn't adopted. He was orphaned when he was really young. So he had two parents that passed away in a car accident. And so the, just the issue of orphan care adoption was really near to his heart. And from there, we just blossomed and grew. So it's been really crazy, just all that God's done. So Mm, that is incredible. What are the odds that you connect with this person in Turkey who can supply you with these things? Because that was definitely like a question, just a logistical thing that seems right. so huge. How on earth do you connect with that supplier and set all of this stuff up? Um, so that's that's incredible. Yeah, I was going to ask like what what is the process like logistically of – sourcing the rug. So like you have this connection, but obviously shipping that in and of itself sounds like so much. (laughs) Right. right. Yes. Well, it's so interesting because that specific supplier was our very first one. So he's always like near to my heart um, as the one who kind of launched Wilder Way Threads for us. Um, And then from there, when you kind of dive in, once we became official, like created our shop, had an online presence um, somewhat, a lot of the suppliers kind of come to you and they say, Oh, I see you're running a shop. Like, would you be interested in working with me? And it's interesting. I actually really, I only work with about three to four key suppliers and I have a ton more reach out to me that I just tell, I, you know, say, I don't need, you know, any more people to add. I really want to work with suppliers that we have, you know, vetted to the best of our ability and trust as best as we can. And I hope to visit Turkey one day and actually meet them in person. But 
um, until then, we try to kind of limit that with, with people that we've just had good experiences with and feel like we can trust. So definitely. Yeah. Doing this like international business just sounds so, so hard. Even like the time difference of, um, right. you know, getting responses. I'm sure you're getting emails yes. at like two in the morning. Yes. All of that. Really. That's incredible. So I would love to hear really about like this growth that you guys have had. Like, how did Wilder Way like pick up steam? Did it start as something just very casual? Like, how did it grow into what it is right now? Yeah, that's a really good question. I feel like it has just really come, you know, one step at a time. Uh, like I said, we started as a fundraiser. I remember our very first kind of Wilder Way thing that we ever did was I posted on my personal Instagram account and posted in my stories, I think 40 different vintage um, pillow covers that were made from vintage rugs. And I remember thinking, oh, I doubt I'll sell very many, but like, we'll just see what happens. And all of those pillow covers sold out within one hour. (gasps) And I know. So I think that's the point (laughs) that I was like, okay, there's something here. You know, people are really interested in this. And And I loved it. Like it was the most fun I had had, you know, all week. I was just loving getting to do that and even packaging them up and all of that. So that's where it started. And then kind of moving forward from there, it really has just, and I, I know it sounds cliche, but I'm like, it has totally been God, like his favor and Mm. his anointing, because I can't tell, there's not something I can point to other than a lot of hard work, you know, by his grace. I have worked very hard, but there have been things that have happened that have just fallen into our lap that have allowed immense growth to take place. And, you know, the Robertsons are a great example, you know, out of the blue, Corey Robertson one day had purchased a rug from us. And then at the foot of her email said that she, you know, was interested in buying a lot of rugs from us for her daughter's wedding. So of course it's a huge opportunity for us as a business, um, not to mention an amazing family to get to partner with and kind of partner our brand with. Um, So just things like that. And I feel like it was just one thing after the other. We've had random big name bloggers share about us without me even asking, just kind of catching the vision. Um, And I think, too, you know, people like you, Paige, who, you know, just found us through whatever means. And I think people just want to know that businesses they're supporting are making a difference and to know, too, you know, if you're going to purchase a rug for your home, you might as well purchase a rug knowing that. 25% of the profits are going to support an adoptive family. You know, I think it's just very easy for people to get on board with it and to see how amazing it is in the sense of what God's doing through it. So, yeah, I can't like point to one thing, but I feel like it's just been several God moments where he's just, you know, put our name out there in the right places. And it's just been, yeah, just been him really. So, yeah, that's incredible. And I think for me, like as a consumer, I feel like knowing that I'm supporting uh, a cause and seeing your vision for it like almost justifies the price, right? Because I love (laughs) beautiful vintage textiles. But when I look at something, you know, at Target or at Home Goods, that's like kind of a knockoff 
it makes me sad. I'm like, I don't really want to buy that. I want the real deal. But also this right. rug is like a thousand dollars. And so knowing that I can, you know, I can count that as part of my tithing, right? Totally. Yes. I love that. I love that. So what does day-to-day life look like for you as a wife, a mom, a business owner, especially because so much, like you were saying, of your life has changed um, really in the last year with with this business? Right. Yes, that's a really good question. And I feel like, to be very honest, I'm kind of still in the middle of figuring all of that out, which I'm sure a lot of working moms probably way further along would still say that, that it's just a thing you're always trying to kind of balance and, you know, wanting to put Eden first and make sure she's taken care of first, but also, you know, feeling this call to work hard and to invest in this business and to see it grow for the sake of the families we're serving and um, just seeing what God's doing through it and feeling committed to that. And so, uh, yeah, I think we're really just kind of taking it one day at a time, one week at a time. Usually I have set aside one day a week where I get some help with childcare from someone in our family. We have immediate family in Birmingham, which is a huge blessing. So usually getting help watching Eden and she loves it for a few hours while I can get things done. I'm hoping to continue to increase that just time during the day that we have childcare, maybe up to like two days a week. Um, And then on top of that, of course, I'm working on weekends when my husband's home to watch Eden and then also in the evenings, in the morning, sometimes it's kind of just whenever I can, whenever I can find the time. So, yeah. um, yeah, every day looks a little bit different, but I, like I said, God, he's just been really faithful to kind of give us what we need and provide every step of the way. So we trust he'll continue to do that. That's incredible. And do you guys, I just thought of another like logistical thing, seeing as this is, um, a recent business that you started, do y'all like keep all of the rugs and textiles at your house or do you have any sort of warehouse? Cause I'm thinking like, I have a toddler, Hmm, all of these, (laughs) all of these rugs around the house, she would, she would have a good time. (laughs) Oh yes. I know. That's so good. Such a good point. Um, so for a while, yes, before we brought Eden home, we did have all the rugs stored here. Um, But since we brought Eden home, and honestly, we have a larger inventory now than we did to begin with. And a lot of the rugs, like one rug is a lot bigger. We have some bigger ones. So because of that, I ended up utilizing, which my parents, God bless them, they're offering us their basement space. Um, They have a huge unfinished basement and they offered me some space there to store my rugs. So I'm so grateful for that. So we don't have to pay for an additional warehouse at this point. I would love one day to grow into, you know, a storefront or something like that where we can keep the rugs there. But for now, this is a good, um, just good place for us to keep them. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. Thank goodness for parents who are willing to to loan their basements. We have lots of things in my parents' basement right now. (laughs) So I totally relate. Um, So. What are your dreams for a wilder way moving forward? I know you just mentioned like a storefront, but also a huge part of your mission obviously is you said 25% goes toward one specific family who is um, seeking to adopt. So could you share a little bit about maybe some dreams you have for that as well as like how you've gone about choosing those adopted families and connecting with them? Yeah, that's great. So yeah, dreams for the business. I think 
I was, I was advised early on when it felt really, really small and, you know, it still feels somewhat small, but it felt really, really small at the beginning. And I was given some really good advice just to say, dream big, like don't put borders on it. If you could just imagine what you would want this to look like in one year, five years, 10 years, what would it be? You know? And I'm still kind of like, I still think about that a lot and just think through, okay, it's good to have these short-term visions of like things I need to get done day in and day out. But also I really need to be thinking about long-term, where do we hope and pray that this goes? And I think when I, when I think of that question, the first thing that comes to my mind is I would be so just humbled and amazed and grateful if God would just boost our sales just out the roof so that we could just write fat checks to adoptive families, you know, and also if, if we get increased sales, then Lord willing, we could cycle through adoptive families more quickly, which would bless more families right now. We're really stuck with four to six months, every four to six months or so we're choosing a different family. And I would love if we could make enough profit to be able to, you know, give them a good check after two to three months, you know, and we just cycle through it like that. Um, so yeah, I think that's the first thing that comes to my mind, which is a lot more general and kind of vague, but I do think that's overall a huge goal I have for the business is just to continue to grow and to continue to, um, increase sales and increase profits so that we can give more away to adoptive families. Um, so that's a huge part of my vision. And also just, I think that's the bigger goal, but underneath that, there's a ton of smaller goals of just, you know, people I would love to connect with or, you know, opening up the storefront hiring people to work underneath me. I'm currently in the process of trying to hire someone for an internship. So, you know, finding time to iron out those details, just the little building blocks that can kind of get us to that larger vision, which is to increase sales and increase profits in order to bless adoptive families. Um, so yeah, I would say that those were, those are kind of our, our goals. Yeah. And I, I love that you're heart and your focus and ultimately the purpose for running your business is to bless those adopted families. Like what a gift that that is what you're keeping in mind and that the purpose of increasing your sales and profits is so you can bless more families. I just think that's so radical and so amazing. And we need more businesses to operate the way that y'all are because it's so it's so cool to see how the Lord is blessing you in that way. Over the last few years, I've learned about how toxins in our everyday products can lead to health and hormonal issues. And as a mom of two daughters, it's super important to me that I'm using only the safest skincare and makeup products. So that's why I'm stoked to be partnering with Beauty Care Naturals. Beauty Care Naturals was founded by a naturopath with the goal of making clean beauty affordable and accessible for all. Their products are made with organic ingredients and are completely non-toxic. I love that I can read the ingredient label and actually recognize what the ingredients are. I keep things pretty simple when it comes to my makeup routine, but brow gel is a staple and I have absolutely fallen in love with their brow gel because it's lightweight and keeps my brows in place without looking or feeling crusty. If you've been looking to clean up your beauty routine, head over to mybeautycarenaturals.com and use the coupon code PAGEGUIDELBCN at checkout to get 10% off your order. That's Paige Geidel, BCN, to get 10% off your order. So switching gears a little bit, I would love to hear 
about you and your family and where your passion for for adoption originated. I know you said you're a former social worker. Is that right? Yes. Uh huh. Okay. That's right. So when did you end up wrapping your wrapping up your time as a social worker? Was it when you started Wilder Way, or what was kind of your journey like with that? Sure. Yeah. So that's a really, really good question. I think to go back to your question on kind of what gave us a passion for adoption, I think we, my husband and I both entered into marriage with adoption in mind. We both had worked at this adoption agency lifeline. We both had just, our hearts had been stirred for orphan children, specifically orphan children internationally, and more specifically, I would say in Asia. My husband had actually lived two years in East Asia after graduating from college. And then I had lived in India and Nepal in the summers uh, throughout college. So um, it was just neat that when we met, we kind of both had this just vision for adopting from Asia and, you know, had a passion to even more than adoption, like we just love those, the people of Asia and we just wanted to live our lives in a way um, to be connected with that part of the world. We actually prayed about moving to um, South Asia uh, right before we started the adoption process from India. We really thought we were going to be moving overseas, uh, but God closed that door. And that's really ultimately what led us to begin the adoption process. We kind of started stirring in our hearts after we felt that door close and just say, why you know, it looked perfect on paper. Why would we not have done that? And then things just kind of started um, kind of falling into place where we just started asking ourselves, like, is there a reason why God closed that door beyond just we weren't supposed to do that? And um, had we moved to that country in South Asia, then we would not have been able to adopt from India. And so we know now that God did close that door for us to pursue adoption when we did so that we would adopt our specific daughter, which God obviously had planned. And so anyway, I think that's kind of where that vision for adoption kind of came from on both ends with me and my husband. And then with my social work, obviously that really fueled that desire for adoption and fueled that passion for orphan care ministry. I actually served as the India program manager at this specific adoption agency um, for several years. And when we traveled to India to bring Eden home, I had to step down from that position just because I knew that I was not wanting to come back full time to social work. And I knew that that was a full time position. So it was a beautiful several years serving in that role. I love that I was able to, yeah, just be a part of not just, you know, to see our daughter come home from India, but to see so many children placed in loving families um, from India. So that was a really sweet gift. And that actually is currently, I put in my resi- my official resignation to no longer work part-time at that agency just a couple weeks ago. So I'm kind of winding down my time at that agency now. And I think this coming week will be my last week there. So there's a lot of bittersweet emotions there. I'm obviously excited to kind of dive more full force into waterway threads and also motherhood, just feeling like I needed a little bit more, you know, I didn't quite have capacity to juggle all the things I was juggling. So I feel like it's the right decision, but also reflecting back on the seven plus years I was working there and they were so sweet. And obviously there was so many joyful moments and so many amazing things that God did and, you know, in my family, um, but also just in my own heart. So it was Mm -hmm. a really sweet season for sure. Yeah. That's incredible that the Lord like aligned your heart all those years ago when you started in this position serving as the 
India program coordinator. And I don't know, just looking at where you are now, it's amazing how he lined up your path to be exactly where you are. So I love that you're getting more time though with, with your daughter and that you're getting more time to work on Wilderway Threads. Just so incredible. So you said Eden came home in February of this year. Is that right? Mm-hmm. That's right. Okay. So what was the process like specifically with your adoption? Obviously you started fundraising for this. Um, that's how you started your business and that sort of thing. But I know everyone's adoption journey is so different and the timelines can be so different. So what was that like for you and Jeffrey personally? Yeah, that's it, it is very interesting because international adoption is such that you really there's no two processes that are exactly the same. And so even adopting from the same country, there's so many factors that can play into how long you wait to bring your child home. To be very honest with you, when we applied to adopt from India, because of my position and what I knew about the program at the time, we were very prepared to wait two to three years to bring our child home. Um, We just were kind of thinking that that's how long it would take because of the perspective I had and what I had seen, just things were kind of taking a little bit longer. So we were preparing for that. Um, And, you know, with COVID, that's kind of when COVID broke out. We started the process in February. And then I think March is when we started working from home and like the whole world kind of shut down a little bit. So all those factors, we were really expecting for a very long adoption process, but God had different plans and he really did impossible things to allow us to be matched with Eden when he did and to allow our process to be honestly in the, in the scheme of adoption and in the scheme of international adoption, it was extremely seamless and there was absolutely nothing that we did to speed that up. There was nothing that we could have done. Even if we wanted to do something, it truly was in the hands of all these people in India. Um, who for whatever reason showed favor to our paperwork and allowed it to go quickly. And um, yeah, we, <laughs> it's still a mystery. We're like, how did it go that fast? Which we've seen other people's processes go that quickly too, but um, it's just very, it's very abnormal. And so we acknowledge that and we are very, very grateful for God's grace in that way because we've watched many other families whose processes have not been like that. Um, so I know that it can be really, really hard for families who have to wait two, three plus years to bring their children home. But we do feel very fortunate that our process was relatively streamlined and it was just, just over a year from start to finish. So, oh my goodness. Yeah. That is so wild. Our, um, siblings, my husband's brother and his wife, they are currently adopting through foster care and That has been such an interesting journey to like watch and support because they thought that her adoption was going to be official in like June of this year and it's only a couple months but her her court date is finally going to be in October and it's just so wild to to see how that process can get delayed and postponed and just changed um, having having being someone who hasn't gone through the adoption process so. Mm. Praise God that you guys were able to have that go so quickly. That's incredible. So what are some resources and even encouragement that you have for those who are interested in adoption? Mm. 
Yeah, I think, again, in the position I was in at this adoption agency where I worked, one of the things that I did prior to us kind of beginning our own adoption process, um, because boundaries had to be made at that point. But before that, one of my jobs was scrolling through what they call the waiting child list. And so basically it's all these children who are eligible for adoption, thousands of children just from India on this database, all with various special needs, various ages, um, and just scrolling through that list and seeing faces of so many children who are just waiting for families. And you can't see that and it not rock you a little bit. And just to think, you know, this is just a small portion of the orphans, even in India. And then think about that worldwide. It is overwhelming, really, to just th- grapple with that need. But with that said, I truly believe, even as a believer, that, you know, adoption is not for everybody. I think that as believers, we are all called to care for the orphan. We're all c- called to care for the widow. But I think what that looks like in each of our lives is different. And for some of us, it's giving to other adoptions or praying for other adoptive families or praying for, you know, specific orphan care ministries or whatever that looks like. It looks different for everybody. But if God is specifically stirring in your heart towards adoption, I would say pursue it, run after it. Um, And I think one thing that was unique to us is that because I had been working at an adoption agency, I had a lot of in-depth knowledge about the process that had we just felt the call randomly and, you know, didn't have that background, I guess, then we may have a lot more questions. And so my encouragement to adoptive families is just to say, ask all those questions, like call another adoptive family, you know, call uh, an, an adoption agency that you trust and just hash it out with them. Ask any and all questions that you have. And then know in the back of your mind, you're never going to get all your questions answered, but it's good to just have those initial conversations, offer that up before the Lord and ask him to lead. And I think another thing that's been amazing working in that sphere is seeing just when God is calling a family to adopt or to adopt a specific child, you can't, there's nothing you can do to prevent it really. I mean, Yes, I guess you could walk in disobedience and sin and, you know, miss it or whatever. But I really believe if you're walking with God and you want to honor him, like God is going to push you there and you're going to know when it's the right time. You're going to you're just going to know. And so um, I know that's not that doesn't feel super clear for everybody all the time. But I just believe in God's sovereignty in that and also believe that he works in those questions and in those conversations. And so I think that would be my biggest thing is if you feel that tug, then have the conversations, you know, talk to people, ask questions, pray about it fervently and believe that if it's meant to be, God will unite your and your heart, your spouse's heart um, to pursue it. So I think that Mm -hmm. would be my word of encouragement. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. I think it's, it's gotta be overwhelming when someone has, had the Lord like nudge their heart in the direction of adoption and to not even like know where to start. And so rather than like running from that, I love that you're encouraging people to just ask the questions, look into it. That is amazing because yeah, you were in that line of work and you did have all of that knowledge. And so I'm sure, yeah, it's just got to be overwhelming for, for people who are starting that process. So can you tell us really quick a little bit about the current Wilderway family 
that is being fundraised for it. Did you just switch families pretty recently? Yes. So we just okay. switched. Um, it was the Walters family. Now it's the Emrich family, which it may be Emrich. Now that I'm saying it, I'm like, I may be pronouncing it wrong. Um, <laughs> actually, funny enough, the first family, Madison um, and Zeke, I go way back with Madison Walters. Uh, she and I were really good friends in high school and her and Zeke actually dated from high school all the way until they got married. So they're high school so I knew him as well. Um, but anyway, they're very close friends of ours. And so when we were kind of looking for our first Wilderway family, they made a lot of sense because I knew they were adopting. They were using Lifeline, which is the agency where I worked and who we use for our, our adoption. Um, so it just made a lot of sense for us to use them. I knew they would give grace to us in our, you know, figuring it all out because they would be, you know, obviously the first one that we were supporting outside of ourselves. So um, anyway, I knew they were a good first choice for us and they were, they were just amazing, precious family. Yes. I'm just so encouraged by them constantly. And then when they rolled off, so, um, I was able to connect with the Enrich family, uh, around the time that we had announced the Walters as our first family. And so we actually connected, um, through Instagram, crazy enough. And she and I just had some really good conversations. She had asked if she could call me because they were interested in adopting. And we ended up just having this amazing heart to heart conversation on the phone where it was just evident that so many things in our lives had been very similar and our hearts were just kind of, yeah, just kind of going after some of the very, some very similar things. And so through that, that kind of planted a seed where I thought, you know, I wonder if they do choose to adopt, I feel like I could see them being our next family. Um, and they're amazing. So sweet. They're both into um, like photography and videography and they, yeah, they just have such big hearts for adoption and they're adopting either one or two children from Columbia. So I love that that could possibly be siblings, which is biological siblings, which is crazy. Wow. Um, yeah, we just love them and are so excited and pray that God continues to flow through this business and blessing of them and of their adoption journey. So amazing, man. Well, at the end of this here in a second, we will share where people can find you and your shop if they want to support that family and their adoption. So we are just going to wrap some things up with. A couple fun questions that I like to ask everyone at the end of our interview. So what are three things, could be any three things that you are loving lately? Oh, I would say it's hard to like narrow it down. I'm like, I love so many things. Um, <laughs> I feel like recently I've really been loving coffee, which I always, that's always going to be on my list. Yes. I love Especially becoming a mom. I feel like you just become all the more, you know. Oh my goodness. So I love that. How do you drink your coffee? Do you make it at home? Do you go out? Oh, well, I would love to go to Starbucks and get a, what is it? Sweet vanilla cream, nitro cold brew. That's like my favorite thing, but uh-huh. really trying to limit it and not do, you know, buying coffee out as much. So I haven't been doing that quite as often. I do make it in the mornings. I usually, I honestly, it varies. I'll sometimes drink it black. Sometimes we'll drink it with the almond um, vanilla creamer. And Yum. then this morning I tried something really different. I, <laughs> I'm doing like this health kick. And so I'm doing um, egg whites and maple syrup and collagen. (laughs) Stop. Wait, who, where did you learn about this? Because I very, very recently have found myself in that same realm of like eggs and coffee. Yes. It's, it's like the pro metabolic. Yes. um, 
That's exactly it. Exactly. So it's so funny. My husband got into this realm probably six months ago, and I just thought he was crazy. I was like, I don't know. John is just like drinking a lot of juice, and he puts like a bunch of honey in his coffee every morning with gelatin and other stuff. And then, of course, I find a girl on Instagram, Corey Malloy, and I'm like, Yes. Oh, and now I'm like obsessed with her podcast and yes. learning all the things. So how hilarious! That's so funny. Yeah. That's yeah. That's oh, I love I'm that. I'm like, let's try this thing. Here we go. Yes, <laughs> I'm with you. Yeah. I'm the one that puts egg whites in her coffee. <laughs> that's so, so funny. But um, okay. The other two things I love, I really, really love the show Madam Secretary. Um, oh, like, have you ever heard of it? I think. I think I have, but I have no context. What yeah. do you watch it on? I watch it on Netflix. And okay. I, I love that show because it's like a sweet family situation, but then she's the Secretary of State, so it's like the political things. Oh. In the world. But it's also really pretty clean. I feel like it's hard to find clean shows these days. Yes. Um, but that so hard. Clean. And so it just sucks me in, and I really like it. So. <laughs> Does Jeffrey watch it with you, or is this like Not your, really. That's your kind of, show? Really, you know, we'll watch some things together, but that's my one that like, if I, you know, I don't know if I have a minute, if I'm cleaning the kitchen, I like want to prop it up and watch something. Yep. <laughs> I'll, it'll be that. So totally. <laughs> I love that. And I just love ever since Eden's come home, something that's been really sweet for us has been um, just going on walks together. So mm-hmm. she, she kind of went through a phase where she wasn't loving the stroller, but she's gotten back to where she'll sit in the stroller so that we can go on longer walks and I can push her and I just love I love going on walks I love when the weather is nice enough to do that and it's yeah. a sweet thing that I get to do with her so I think definitely three things yeah that's such sweet bonding time of getting to look at birds and bugs and yes. all the things that uh-huh. toddlers love yes how can we as a community be praying for you right now man I love that question. I would very much appreciate prayers as we are kind of still in that, the thick of figuring out time management, especially for me. I think I am such a planner. I'm also pretty driven and very, um, I would say struggle with perfectionism a little bit, like really want everything kind of lined up orderly. And my life recently hasn't felt so much like that. And so that can be a little bit stressful for me, but I think I'm learning how to embrace that, but also how to let that fuel me towards whatever, you know, how, how can I make this feel a little bit more structured, even in the midst of things that maybe can't be super structured, if that makes sense. And so I would just love prayers for that, just prayers for our family as we're navigating how to love each other well, but also how to juggle all these things that we feel God has called us to. Um, I think that's probably the biggest thing I can think of right now. Mm-hmm. So. Definitely. Well, we will be praying for you with that, with the time management and figuring out all the things in this really transitional Mm -hmm. season for you. Where can people find you, connect with you, buy the most beautiful rugs ever? (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Yes. You can find us on Instagram or Facebook and it's just at Wilderway Threads. And you can also email us at wilderwaythreads at gmail.com. So, and I tell everyone, like, 
if you're just wanting to pop in and say hi, if you want to talk about adoption, if you're interested in a rug, if you want a custom rug, whatever it is, we welcome you. And I really love too how, especially on Instagram, I feel like we've kind of started building this community of people who, you know, love pretty textiles, but also love adoption and love to support one another in that. And yeah. I think that's been a really cool thing for me to kind of sit back and watch this community that's being formed. So all that to say, whatever your reason for reaching out or following or whatever it may be, we would love to have you just be a part of our journey. So, hmm. Well, thank you so much for sharing about your business and your heart for adoption. I cannot wait for people to hear this episode and to discover your shop. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Paige. It was so fun to get to chat with you. Thanks for listening to another episode of Love in a Cottage. I am so grateful you decided to join us today, and I hope you're going forward in your day feeling encouraged, understood, and inspired. If you like today's show, I would love to encourage you to share it with a girlfriend. You can also screenshot this episode and share it on your Instagram stories, which will help more like-minded women find our show. Speaking of Instagram, while you're there, why don't you go ahead and follow us? Because guys, I promise we're super fun. (laughs) We share content there throughout the week about the show, and it's a great way to connect with fellow listeners and keep up with the guests that you might have heard. We also do fun quarterly giveaways and just share inspiring content. If you're looking for more connection, you can also join our Facebook group, which is linked in the show notes of every episode. There are weekly episode discussions, and it's a great way to find friends and listeners who might be in your area. And finally, if you'd like to support us, you can please write a review on iTunes because this will help boost our show so other like-minded women can find it. Your support means so much to me, you guys. Thank you again for being here. So grateful for you. We'll see you next week for another episode.